The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome again to the Disability Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin here, John Scholes. Welcome to, and glad to have you along here on this uh, on this morning. You want to reach out anytime, by the way, during the show or otherwise, toll free. Really simple. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the number. The email address we will refer to in just a bit, and you can use is help at disabilityrights.ca. If you shorten that to simply disabilityrights.ca, that will uh, send you to a place where you can find some links to our long running television show as well. So you want to tune into that 30-minute uh, condensed version of what we do here every week on the radio for an hour. It's really cool if you haven't checked it out. And I know that Savannah will refer several times, countless times, as a matter of fact, this morning to mydisabilityquestions.com. That website is for you to go and answer and ask questions and get them answered by Savan or a member of his team. It's also got the uh, nice side effect of having a searchable database so you can look for your questions, something similar to see if it's already been asked and answered. If not, leave it there, and the team will get to it really quickly. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll get to some emails here a little later on the show, but uh, Savan, brother, how are you this morning? What is going on? I am good, John. So, uh, you know, again, just a ton of questions posted to mydisabilityquestions.com. There you and, go. Uh, you know, for, for new listeners, you know, we, we do now have a new office in Calgary. So now we, uh, we help people with their employment matters and their disability and injury matters across Ontario, uh, BC, and uh, Alberta. So this is, this is something people need to understand that it doesn't matter where you are in any of these provinces, we can help you or at the very least point you in the right direction. If you have an employment matter, you're an employee who's been let go or something's been happening with your work, obviously, with this whole COVID situation, as well as disability. And of course, John, we talked about this countless times, how those two areas of law intersect and overlap. So yep. let me start off with a question that was posted just recently on that website, that free website. We have mydisabilityquestions.com. This one comes from Michelle in Kitchener, and here's what she writes. She says, I've reached my two years on LTD, and I was declined. Um, I now feel forced back to work when I'm not ready. What happens if I make plans to come to work and my illness prevents me? Is this considered job abandonment? So you see how we have, again, that overlap between employment law and disability, long-term disability law. So let's just break this down. First of all, again, for new listeners, when we're talking about long-term disability, we're not talking about workers' compensation. We're not talking about um, ODSP in Ontario. We're not talking about social programs. We're talking about private insurance that you have either through work as part of your benefits package, or we're talking about a private insurance policy that you've purchased in the event that there is an illness or an injury that prevents you from working. And so when we're talking about long-term disability, this is what Michelle is referring to here. So she has obviously some kind of an illness or an injury. We don't know what, uh, but it's prevented her from working for at least two years. Now, the reason she's mentioning the two-year mark or two years here is important because in the vast majority of long-term disability cases, in order to get LTD from the insurance company for the first two years, you have to demonstrate medically, i.e. with the assistance of your doctors, that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation. Mm -hmm. Beyond the two-year mark, the test changes. Now the question is, can you do the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience? And so most people get cut off at that two-year mark because the insurance company takes the position that, okay, 
we get it, you can't do your own occupation, but we think you can do something else. And by the way, we have other questions down the road we're going to talk about on the show where people have, have you know asked about this because in many instances, the insurance company says you can do something else and the individual says, no, I can't. I, what, what I'm suffering from disables me from virtually everything. Uh, so, so the question is, what do you do in that situation? And as you can see from this uh, email or, or from this question, Michelle is saying that you know she's forced to go back to work. Well, she's saying that because she needs income. She, she needs to to be able to bring some money into the household. So, despite her illness or injury, she feels that she is obligated to try to go back to work. But look, she's very concerned because she's asking, "What's going to happen if my illness prevents me from working?" So. You know, first of all, understand this. If the insurance company cuts you off or tells you in advance that they're going to stop your benefits at that two-year mark and you don't feel that you can go back to any kind of work because of your illness or injury, you have to give us a call or email us. We'll be able to help you. We'll be able to advise you on what your legal options are. We're not going to force you to do anything. If you don't want to do something about it, if you don't want to go after the insurance company and stand up for your rights or have us help you do that, that's your choice. But at least reach out to us for the information you need. So, so that's the first point here, that at that two-year mark, many individuals who are still unable to work get cut off by the insurance company unjustly and illegally. And we help with these kinds of cases. We resolve them each and every day. It's actually not complicated to resolve most of these cases. Now, the second question here that she has is an employment-related question. Of course, I'm not an employment lawyer. You'd have to tune into the Employment Law Show with John and, uh, and, and Lior, my partner. But yeah. I, I can tell you this. If you try to go back to work and you're having difficulty with working, again, your employer cannot let you go while you are disabled. That it would be a human rights violation. Okay, and that's across pretty much every province and territory in the country. Uh, it's enshrined in the Human Rights Code of all these jurisdictions across the country that an employer cannot let uh, a disabled employee go. And if they do that, the employee is potentially entitled to severance plus potentially human rights damages. And again, why is that important? Other than making sure that you get all the, the money that you deserve. Because if you're an LTD or you deserve to get LTD and you also get severance, well, guess what? Again, there's an overlap between those two areas of law. If you get LTD or on LTD or should be getting LTD and your employer pays you severance, most LTD policies contain a provision that states that if you get severance, the insurance company gets a credit for that severance. So again, you know, it's important to understand that because you could be thinking that you'd be getting something from your employer by way of money only to be taken uh, by, by the insurance company on the other side. Yeah. So again, you need lawyers. And this is what we do, by the way. This is the, this, these are the only two areas of practice we practice at the firm. Or, you know, our lawyers have a specific expertise in employment law and disability law. And, and John, we're going to go through another question afterwards from an individual uh, that contacted us who actually hired an employment lawyer for their case, and that employment lawyer knew nothing about LTD, and we'll talk about what happened in that case. So you have to really make sure that if you are a disabled person or you're dealing with a disability policy and you're having questions and issues with your employer, you should be contacting us because we have that dual expertise and you want to make sure that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. It's really simple, man. Just make that phone call and uh, contact Savan. Uh, James Tamar, member of his really, really capable team, one 821 5900 That is toll-free. And again, email address is help at disabilityrights.ca. What else uh, What else we got going on, pal? 
Well, we just talked about uh, this person who uh, who went with an employment lawyer and they have an LTD yeah. issue. So let me let me um, read you the actual email from this person. And I'm not going to identify, obviously, who that person is for privacy reasons. But here's the gist of what they say. I would like to have a consultation with a member of your team. I am currently on CPPD, which is CPP Disability, and I have been on it since May of 2019. I also had long-term disability benefits, uh, but I was cut off in December of 2019. I retained an employment lawyer locally to pursue the contract dispute with my former employer. Um, my lawyer negotiated with the uh, with the insurance company to have my benefits reinstated because remember this person was cut off LTD. She says to no avail. The appeal period for appealing the denial or the cutoff from the long-term disability insurer ends on January 22nd. My claim, my legal claim, has not been issued or filed and the outcome depends, in my opinion, on having my LTD benefits as I'm claiming my employer to pay the difference between what I should be receiving and the amount that I was getting while on LTD. And, and this, is, this is the key here. Listen to the last line here. I am not confident that my employment lawyer is well-versed in disability insurance <laughs> or if he's reluctant to start a legal claim against the insurance company. Please advise if anyone is willing to consult and I will send over all the paperwork in my possession. Wow. Thank you for your consideration. If this doesn't make the point that we've been making now for you know weeks and months and years, John, I don't know what does. And again, there, there are some excellent, excellent employment lawyers out there. And there are excellent, excellent disability lawyers out there. But the problem is that when you're dealing with you know two areas of law, employment and disability, and there is that overlap, you have to have someone or a firm that has expertise in both. Because if you don't, you risk prejudicing the claim that your lawyer has expertise in. In other words, this lawyer may be the best lawyer in the world when it comes to employment law, but if he doesn't understand the nuances of disability law and how those interact with employment law, then he can get the best result on the employment side, but that can be negated by the adverse effect of that settlement because it's not structured right. correctly on the LTD side and vice versa. Which is why, which is why every few months the disability lawyers and the employment lawyers at my firm, we get together, we used to do it in person, now we do it by Zoom. Of course, everyone is working remotely in all our offices, in all three provinces, and we talk about those issues. We talk about how to protect our clients from both sides, from both angles. So you see, you have to understand. So this individual here, of course we can help that person. And, and, and you know, there's a few other details here that I didn't mention, which is that the, the employment lawyer here tried to uh, um, reason with or, or appeal that LTD oh cutoff. And what do we say about that? We say these appeals are useless to the insurance yeah. company because when you are told that your benefits are gonna end by your insurance company, and you go the appeal route, meaning you know the route that they prescribe for you, telling you you got 30 days to submit new documentation, you think, like most people, that this is some kind of an objective way of, of, of resolving your claim, that maybe a third party is going to look at this. The ombudsperson is somehow going to you know, sweep down and, and make everything right. It doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't yeah. happen that way. And, and, and so what we tell people is as soon as your benefits end or cut off prematurely, we have to start that legal process, the legal claim against the insurance company. That's how we generate leverage against them. And at the same time, we'll deal with your employer. And the timing is important too, incidentally, right? There is strategy here. You know, should we resolve both claims at the same time with the employer or the insurance company? Should it be the insurance claim first or the employment claim uh, first? It, it really depends on the case. 
which is why, again, we do these consultations for free. It doesn't cost anyone to get this information and, and, and you know, to consult with us, but at least when, they, when they're finished the conversation, they know exactly what their options are, where they stand, and we don't, we don't pressure you. If you want to proceed, you proceed. If you don't want to proceed, you don't want to proceed. But at least you'll know exactly what your options are. And, and you know, it's true what they say, knowledge is power. You know, it's uh, it sounds really difficult and a terrible thing to traverse. It is on your own, but for uh, Savannah and its team, it's 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 daily bread, man. They do it all the time. It just starts with that phone call. Make it uh, make it happen. Save yourself a lot of grief. Toll free, by the way, one eight five five eight two one. 5900 website disabilityrights.ca and we'll refer to it again after a short break mydisabilityquestions.com it's a disability law show and this is global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto and welcome back, Disability Law Show, Global News Radio, and uh, talking here, of course, with Savannah Tamarkin, the uh, co-founder of Semfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed disability slash employment law firm in Canada, in the country. You can Google that, do the uh, do the research, and find out that it's absolutely true. I wouldn't say it if uh, if it wasn't. Reaching out, by the way, anytime as we uh, go on here, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred mydisabilityquestions.com. Extremely useful website. Use it. Check it out, and you might actually have a question to come up with and get answered by Savannah and his crew. Email is help at disabilityrights.ca. That is exactly where we're going now, Savannah. Uh, First one up this morning is Sean says, Hey, guys, I hired a lawyer to handle my claims for a car accident in February 2019. I hurt my back and have tried countless types of rehab, but it's not getting better. My doctor told me that surgery is an option, but there's no guarantee it will make things better. I applied for long-term disability benefits, was denied. My lawyer said he would uh, only help me if I exhausted all of my appeals, whatever that number means. I've, uh, I've now appealed twice, and they've rejected my claim both times. This seems like a waste of time to me, but the deadline for my third appeal is only two weeks away. Is it a problem to hire someone else for my LTD claim if I already have a lawyer for my car accident? Wow. Boy, yeah, a big, big wow. So, Sean, l- let me let me answer all your questions here. Number one, the first red flag here, and I'm sure our listeners, you know, could, could tell them, you know, by now, by listening to us, the fact that your lawyer recommended to go through all these appeals thus far was completely the wrong advice, uh, in my opinion. And I say that, and it's borne out by the fact that you've been denied again and again and again. And, and John, I want people to understand this because we've talked about this again many times, but you really do need to understand the way that the system works. Insurance companies make money by collecting premiums and then not paying claims or paying the least amount that they have to. And I want to stress the word half, okay, half to, that phrase. And generally, they have to if they're forced to or if they know that it's going to cost them that much more down the road if they don't pay it now. So what does that mean? It means that they've constructed a system that when you make a claim, it will frustrate you. Uh, it, it, it will. It, it's designed to, you know, it's designed essentially to to shake you off claim. And and this appeal process. And again, we talk about this, and I do get heat from adjusters and and people in the industry who say you're wrong, you're wrong. And I keep telling them, well, how about you give me statistics about how many of these appeals actually work? And again, John, we talk about this all the time. We we don't get these statistics. You know, in the insurance industry, does not release them. 
and they don't release them, I think, because they're very, very bad for them optically, right? Listen, once in a while you hear of somebody winning the lottery. I think that's the same, you know, same thing goes with these appeals. Once in a while I hear somebody's appeal actually went through. But the reality is this, if your lawyer tells you that we have to appeal, 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 they don't understand the way to generate leverage, to generate pressure on the insurance company. When you're dealing with an insurance company, yes, it's true, it's a billion dollar entity. But they didn't make all that money by fighting these kinds of claims in court or, or you know, with, with lawyers like us, for example. They made this money by frustrating individuals and making them think that they have no other choice but to just relinquish what's owed to them, to just walk away. And so people like Sean, for example, John, I mean, at least he has been going through these appeals and, you know, he's failed one, he's done another one, he's failed, you know, the other one, he's looking at a third one now. Look, the reality is this. In most instances, when people come to me after they've appealed twice or three times, if that person would have come to me at the beginning, before right. they even appealed the first time, I could have resolved their claim most likely by the time that they actually reach out to me after those two or three appeals. Why? Because we don't go the appeal route. As soon as we review the documentation and we establish that you have a case, we start that legal claim immediately against the insurance company. What is that legal claim? What actually happens? Well, it's actually a document that we file with the court. And, and we serve that on the insurance company. And then internally, what, what happens when the insurance company gets that legal paper is your claim switches departments. It goes into the litigation department. It, it, it now is being handled by an adjuster whose sole job is to try and resolve your case, not to fight it out, okay? And they assign a defense lawyer. It could be somebody from a firm you know, like an external firm, like ours. I mean, we don't do defense work, but a, an external firm, uh, firm, or it could be a lawyer that works for them. Either way, there is a defense lawyer now assigned to the case, and that defense lawyer's job is to defend the case, but tell the insurance company what their risk is. I want to emphasize the word risk. By starting a legal process against the insurance company, we are now creating a risk for the insurance company that they could be losing a ton more money down the road if they don't come to the table now to resolve the case. That's how we generate that leverage. That's why in so many cases when we started these legal claims, as soon as we served the insurance company, as soon as a defense lawyer was assigned, we would get a phone call from the lawyer asking us how we can go about resolving the case. And I'm talking about, Sean, situations like yours where, where individuals like you have been struggling to get compensation from the insurance company for a year and longer. And then you come to us, and then we get involved, we send a letter or two or start the legal claim, and then suddenly, boom, within a matter of weeks, maybe months, depending on the case, suddenly there is a resolution. Suddenly the insurance company comes to the table and says, okay, what should we write on the check? You know, so, so that's really, really important. Now, not every case is the same, just like not every illness is the same or injury is the same, right? It depends on the facts of each case. But in your case, Sean, the fact that your lawyer is shying away from starting that legal process, which is the best way to generate leverage and pressure on the insurance company, and instead telling you to go through that ridiculous process of appealing your case over and over. When Again, remember, when you're appealing, there's no pressure on the insurance company. What's the pressure? They're the ones who are looking at your documents repeatedly. They're the ones issuing the same denial over and over. It's not costing them anything. So again, it's important to understand that these appeals are designed okay, to, to, to uh, keep all the power, the decision-making power, within the hands of the insurance company. Whereas where we start the legal process, that power is now out of their hands because the end 
result, if they don't come to the table to negotiate in good faith and pay you what you're owed, the end result is we're going to get a judge to do that. And they don't want that, and they understand that. Now, you had that one question I want to address at the end. You have that car accident that happened in February of 2019. Do you need to have the same lawyer dealing with your car accident as with your LTD? No, you don't. Just like you don't need the same lawyer to deal with your employment matter and your disability right. matter. But it helps. It helps if not to have the same lawyer, then to have the same firm. Because then, again, the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. And just like I mentioned, John, that in employment and disability, LTD, you know, there's that overlap, right? If you do something on one side, it can affect the other side of the case. Mm -hmm. Same thing with car accidents, because, you know, in, in car accident situations, you're going to be receiving certain benefits, either from your insurance company, or if it's in uh, British Columbia from ICBC, you know, these benefits may affect how much your disability insurer has to pay you and vice versa. So again, you want to make sure that if it's not the same lawyer handling your case, at the very least, it's the same firm that's handling your case or your cases so that they, they're able to communicate. This communication is absolutely key and central. And I have seen cases, John, where you have an individual that you know has had an accident, then they had an LTD situation with their insurance company, and then they had complications with their employment. So now you're dealing with a car accident insurance company or companies, LTD insurance company, and then an employer three, four, five entities. And all of these discussions are happening at the same time and all of them have an effect on the other. And I've seen situations where people hire different lawyers from different firms, man, the result is disastrous because there's no coordination, right? So it's important to understand that if you're having these multiple issues, you want to come to us and speak with us. We are one of the very few firms that have expertise in injury, disability, and employment. Injury and disability sort of go hand in hand. Right? But employment, the fact that we have that together with our disability practice, that makes us really, really unique. And, and that's one of the reasons we've been able to maximize settlements for clients a lot more, in my opinion, than other firms that I have come across. You know, a, a nice little byproduct of all that, too, is that once you know somebody makes that phone call and you guys get on the case, the phone calls from the insurance company, adjusters, et cetera, to the person themselves stop, which can bring a huge amount of relief, right? That's a huge thing, John. Absolutely. It's really important to understand because some people are actually shocked by that. And what's shocking to me is that people are shocked by that <laughs> when they already have lawyers. Yeah. Look, if you are yeah. dealing with an insurance company uh, or an employer for that matter, and you, know, you have a lawyer, that lawyer's job is not only to advise you and to represent you, but to be that wall now, the wall of communication between you and the other side. So if you're dealing with a difficult insurance company, especially in the LTD context, you know, because many of my clients are suffering from depression, anxiety, you know, psychological types of issues. And every time they get that phone call or email or something or letter from the insurance company, their heart rate just shoots up. You know, they, they can't sleep. It's horrible what happens to them. And the fact that we can take that off their shoulders, the fact that we now assume all communications with the insurance company, that's a huge, huge relief for them and their families. Yeah. Right? It allows you to focus on getting better. And, and, you know, oftentimes, John, I'll, I'll say this, the families are as affected as the individual, which is why, by the way, many people we end up helping are not the ones that actually contacted us, who have listened to us. It's family members. It's people, you know, like our listeners right now who are listening, who know someone. They have a friend. They have a colleague. They have a family member. They have someone that is in need of this information and this help, and they put them in touch with us. And, and you know, that's how we're able to help so many people across the country. 
Again, reaching out, guys, uh, simple toll-free, 1-855-821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's what Sean used to send that email along. And there's also the option of mydisabilityquestions.com. So you want to go to another email or you want to go back to mydisabilityquestions.com, pal, it's your call. Uh, let's see. Let's go to mydisabilityquestion.com. We okay. have some interesting cool. emails there or questions. So, so here's one. This one comes from uh, Ken in uh, Surrey, so in British Columbia. BC. Yeah. So Ken, yeah. So Ken writes the following: I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis and a meniscus tear to uh, my knee in March of 2020. I went on sick leave and then LTD as of August 2020. My insurance company was able to fast track me to see an orthopedic doctor and eventually had surgery. I had some post-op issues, but eventually started physiotherapy. Now the orthopedic doctor, who is referred by the insurer, uh, states that he now supports a rehabilitation, pro- a physical rehabilitation program. I'm now starting, and the insurer says that it will be completed by April 2021, so just a few months from now. Right. And my LTD benefits will close upon successful completion. If I'm not ready at that time to return to work due to my ongoing osteoarthritis of my knee, what are my options and what can I do and can they just cut off my LTD benefits? So this is really, really interesting for me because look, the fact that this individual here was actually helped by the insurance company is phenomenal, right? Let's let's make sure that we give the insurance company credit here. I mean, I know that they referred them to this orthopedic doctor for their own benefit at the end of the day sure. because if he gets better and can go back to work, well, they don't have to pay him LTD. But it doesn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, I would say thank you to the insurance company here for referring him to that orthopedic doctor. But this is an interesting question here that he's asking. He's saying, well, okay, I had my operation. I had some complications, whatever. Now I have this physical rehab program. And the insurance company says it'll be completed in April of this year. And they're telling me that my benefits will end upon successful completion. What does that mean, successful completion? I mean, does it mean that upon upon completion of the program, like, I, you know, once the person who is doing the rehab for you tells the insurance company that you've gone through all the exercises, you've gone through everything, does that mean at that point your benefits end? Well, let me clarify this for everyone. Your insurance company must continue paying you LTD under the policy until age 65, assuming that you have an age 65 policy, which most policies give you benefits until age 65, unless you are able to go back to work. Now, within the first two years, it's to your own occupation. Beyond the two years, it's to any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. So the fact that this gentleman here, Ken, completes the program that's prescribed for physical rehabilitation is not determinative as to whether the LTD should continue. What What is determinative here, what's important to understand is when he finishes the program, is he able to go back to his occupation or to any occupation for that matter? Again, depending where he's in the policy. If the answer is no, if his doctors say that he's still disabled from working, well, then no, the LTD benefits cannot end. And it concerns me that the insurance company has already, in a way, made a determination before even getting to the completion of the program. So you see, I have to make sure that people understand this. The insurance company cannot make up its own rules as they go along. Your relationship with your insurance company is dictated by the wording of the policy. It's a contract you have between you and the insurance company. If the insurance company cuts you off or stops your benefit prematurely, then they've breached the policy, which means that you have a legal right that you can enforce. That's what we do. 
we enforce those kinds of legal rights, those breaches. We go after the insurance company and we force them to pay. If you actually stand up for your rights, they will pay you what you're owed. Start with the phone call. Simple. 1-855-821-5900. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. And the website, always for free questions and answers about LTD, mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll pick it up with more email. After a short break, Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back, Disability Law Show. That's what you're listening to. Thanks for uh, for hanging with us, tuning in to uh, call Savan, member of his team. Uh, team toll free, of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address we refer to always is help at disabilityrights.ca. The website disabilityrights.ca will uh, give you a roadmap to our long running TV show as well. You can uh, watch some past episodes of that, and of course, mydisabilityquestions.com. That website for questions and answers about LTD with a searchable database. There could be a question similar to yours that had been asked and answered in depth uh, prior to your uh, going to the website. If not, leave it there. If so, read it. And uh, if you still want to ask your question there, you could do so. Uh, ben is up next with an email. It says, Savannah, my wife suffers from a combination of mood disorder and depression. She's been on long-term disability for just over a year, and she just received a letter from her adjuster saying that at the two-year mark, they think that she will be able to go back to a different kind of a job, and her benefits will end at that point. My wife's turning 50 this year, and she's a graphic designer. I can't see how she'll do any other work with her condition, which has only been getting worse since COVID hit. Can we do anything about this? She's still getting LTD for now. Yeah, Ben, absolutely. So first of all, thank you for reaching out. And, uh, you know, this is, again, unfortunately not that uncommon, John. This is something I have seen over and over and over. And, you know, it's always... I wouldn't even say shocking, it's just ludicrous to me when a person has been on LTD for a few months or a year or so and the insurance company almost a year in advance, sometimes more, projects to the individual, tells them, we think that at the two-year mark, you're going to be okay enough to do some other occupation. How would they know this? How would, I mean, unless there is a doctor that's giving that prognosis, which by the way, doctors are very, very shy from giving this kind of a prognosis. Psychologists, psychiatrists, any other doctors, usually they'll say diagnosis, or sorry, prognosis is guarded, or, or, you know, they'll say something to the effect of, we'll reevaluate in three months, you know, in, in, in six months. This is something that is really important to understand here. Insurance companies can say whatever they want, but they can't act whichever way they want. Okay, and and for the insurance company here to say, we think she'll be able to go back to work at that point, and their benefits will end at that point. That's verging, you know. That's 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 on the verge of of a breach of 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 the contract. Let me tell you about a case that I had been. This was a few years back. I was helping a gentleman out of Ottawa. Uh, can't give you too much information because we end up resolving the claim for several hundreds thousands of dollars. So I can't give you too many specifics here. Not the name, not the amounts, not the insurance company, no one. But I'll tell you this, he was told, he also suffered from psychological issues. He was told a year in advance that his benefits would end and they gave him a date. They actually gave him a specific date by when his benefits would end. And it it corresponded with that two-year mark. And that was despite the fact that this person's psychologist uh, provided a very lengthy report explaining why this illness that this person was suffering from is a long-term illness. And and that, in fact, the psychologist could not uh, prognosticate when this person would get better. 
The insurance company even had this individual assessed by their psychiatrist who confirmed the seriousness of this person's psychological disability. And despite all this, the insurance company said, nope, on so-and-so date, a year from now, we're going to cut you off benefits. Well, guess what? Once the insurance company takes that kind of a position and actually tells you, we are, we're going to cut you off, and here's the date. At that point, from our perspective, that is a breach of the policy. And because at that point there has been a breach, we can now take the position, the legal position, that this is, you know, in using legal lingo, legal uh, terminology, it's an anticipatory breach. In other words, this allows us to act, to actually start that legal claim against the insurance company because our position is that the insurance company has now said that they will be breaching the policy. And by saying that they will be breaching the policy, they have breached the policy. Okay? And this is important. Why is it important? Going back to the example of the client I had a few years back, when that client, when that individual was told a year in advance that his benefits would end, and it, it was clear to us that the insurance company was wrong in saying that, and it was a breach of the policy, we didn't wait. We didn't go through the appeal process. We didn't do any of that stuff. We started the legal claim immediately. So what happened? The insurance company assigned a defense lawyer. We went through the process. And guess what? We resolved his claim for what he was owed before the LTD payments even ended. In other words, it took us less than a year to resolve the claim. At no time was this individual and his family without income. And that's the key thing here because many people, lawyers included, will sit on these claims. You'll come to them for help. You've been cut off or you're, you're telling them, you know, my insurance company is going to stop my benefits in a month, in six months, in a year. The lawyers will take their time and when it comes time to act, suddenly you have no money coming in. That financial lifeline has been severed by the insurance company. Imagine the tremendous stress then that is created on the family, on the individual. So, you know, Ben, I can tell you right now, the fact that your insurance company has said that your wife, your wife's benefits may very well end at that two-year mark, I would want to make sure that, you know, you prepare for that. So, so what I would tell you to do here is I would tell you to have your wife go to her doctor or doctors, get some reports or some letters from doctors that explain that her disability, her mood disorder, depression, it's long-standing and it may or may not be resolved within a year. I mean, they got to give their prognosis. I'm not going to, you know, put words in the mouth of the doctors. I never do that. But it's really key that her doctors, the treating doctors, provide some information to the insurance company and that they do it now. Because if the insurance company rejects that and insists on cutting her off down the road, then your wife will be in a legal position to actually strike the insurance company, to actually go after them to make sure that they don't either cut her off or if they insist on cutting her off, we can take action now to make sure that her claim is resolved and they pay her everything that she's owed before the benefits end. That's absolutely key. I can't stress this enough. You don't want to be in a situation, okay, even if you're told that in a year your benefits will end, that you're just waiting around and around because guess what? That train will, it will go off the cliff. Okay, if the insurance company is telling you, here's the date, we're going to cut off your benefits, your benefits will end on that date. They're not bluffing. It's in their system. So keep that in mind. And if you're in that situation, give us a call. Ben, be more than happy to speak with you and your wife after the show. We can talk about her specific situation, and I can give you some more tips on how to potentially avoid that cutoff or how to fight back.
Ben, obviously you have the email address. That's how we got a hold of you. But the uh, number toll-free, use it, 1-855-821-5900. Lots more to go here. we still got a few minutes. So stick around. You want to use that number yourself, either for for yourself or in the benefit of a friend or a colleague. You can do that as well. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Short break. Uh, coming right back to wrap up the show, Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back, Disability Law Show. Savannah Markin, always your uh, your co-host here, giving you the information you need, and you can reach out during and after the show anytime. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred toll free number right there. Email address is help at disabilityrights.ca, and we refer to it every show. Really useful website called mydisabilityquestions.com, which is where you're going right back to right now, Savannah. Yes. Okay. So let's go to uh, the question from Leah in uh, Bob Cajun. Here's what she writes. My uh, LTIP provider, so it's the long-term disability provider, and she's giving the name here. I'm not going to mention it on air, uh, is trying to force me back to work. I have been on LTIP for four years. After 27 years in provincial corrections as a correctional officer, they're forcing me to do 10 occupational therapy sessions and have even stated that if I want them to stop, I can take early retirement, five years early. What can I do about this? I've been diagnosed by three psychiatrists with PTSD and my family doctor agrees that I cannot go back to work. The insurance company is stating that I will not go uh, to work again in corrections, but they will find me a job at $14 less an hour. What can I do? Yeah, so this is really key here. So let me start off with the first sentence here. The insurance company is trying to force me back to work. Now, John, we talked about this before, this word force. Many people feel that the insurance company, their long-term disability insurer, is forcing them back to work. I want to be crystal clear. The insurance company, the adjuster, they cannot come to your home, put a gun to your head, and tell you to go to work. So it feels like they're forcing you back, but in reality, what they're doing is they're pressuring you right? This is designed to get you off claim. They don't want to pay you, right? Now, this person here has been on disability for four years. So that should immediately trigger uh, the analysis of, okay, well, if you have the typical type of LTD policy with that two-year mark and you are now, you know, you've been on it for four years, it means that you've qualified, obviously, for the any occupation test, meaning that at the two-year mark, the insurance company concluded, based on whatever documentation you've given them, Leah, uh, that you are unable to work in any occupation for which you're suited for. Now, you've been at your job for 27 years. Government job, um, very, very serious job, so I assume that your pay is significant. I don't know what it is, obviously. You didn't put it in the email. Uh, But what you're saying here, um, what you're saying here is you have three psychiatrists that have um, diagnosed you with PTSD. And so the question becomes, can the insurance company uh, force you off the LTD claim, the LTD policy, uh, and get you a job that pays you that much less? Let me talk about that because this is important. When an insurance company says, usually at the two-year mark, that you can do some other job for which you're suited for, some other occupation, excuse me, uh, typically what we ask an individual is, first of all, is that true? Can you actually do any kind of work, let alone an, you know, work in an occupation for which you're suited for? 
But, you know, if a person says, maybe I can do something, we usually, you know, the analysis we go through is, you know, commensurate income. Can you, or can you find a job, an occupation that you can do with your disability that will pay you about 60, 65% of your pre-disability income? If the answer is no, well, then no, the insurance company must continue paying you LTD. If the answer is yes, the insurance company may be correct in cutting you off LTD because you would not qualify based on the any occupation test. But again, what's interesting to me about this case, John, with Leah is that she's been on LTD for four years. So if she has a standard policy, the insurance company has already agreed that she's disabled from any occupation. And, and again, especially since she's telling us there's three psychiatrists are saying that she has PTSD. Here's the thing with psychological illnesses. Psychological illness, sorry, like PTSD. Uh, I'm getting emotional about this. Uh, you know, that's it's tough. Like, if you can't do your job, but it's a psychological uh, illness condition, it's not like you can go in and stand at Starbucks and, and sell coffee, you know? I mean, it, it's usually it prevents someone from doing really virtually almost anything. So, so again, it seems to me, Leah, like the insurance company is trying to stop paying you. That's clear cut here. Uh, they're telling you to do these 10 occupational therapy sessions, which I'm not even clear why you need those because you have PTSD. I mean, presumably you have some kind of other physical issue that they want to deal with. Uh, but, but again, you know, let's say you do these 10 occupational therapy sessions. Let's, let's say you do some other sessions that your psychiatrists are prescribing. If you still cannot go to work, your insurance should your insurance company should continue paying you LTD. It's that simple. And John, I see this time and time again, and it's aggravating me to no end when you have clear-cut cases. You know, because some cases are on the fence, right? I can say I can see how the insurance company arrives at the conclusion that the person is not, you know, sh you know, should not be getting benefits. I can see their argument. I, I disagree with it, but I can see it. In some cases, it's so clear-cut that the insurance company is wrong, and those are the cases where when we take them on, we don't go after the insurance company just for the LTD. We go after punitive damages. We talked about that before. In some cases, the insurance company's conduct is so egregious, it's so high-handed, it's so bad, that guess what? If we took this all the way to court, all the way to trial, which, by the way, most of these cases never, ever go to court, but if we did... In some of these cases, judges have slapped the insurance company with punitive damages. In other words, they haven't just ordered the insurance company to pay what the person's owed. They ordered the insurance company to pay uh, extra, extra contractual damages, more money to the individual to punish the insurance company for their conduct. So again, you need to understand that these insurance companies are not above the law, they have, they, and they know this. Okay? Their lawyers know this, uh, their adjusters know this, their management know, knows this. But the way that they operate is they try to muscle their way into making more and more profits. And the way they do that is by trying to wear you down. And they can wear you down if you don't have the right information and if you're not one of those people who wants to stand up for yourself. And again, remember, we're not telling you to do, you know, just do it by yourself. We are here to help you. This is what we do each and every day. And let's conclude the show with this, John. We have offices in Ontario, in BC, and in Alberta. We are ready and willing to help anyone that needs help against an insurance company when it, when it comes to disability, uh, long-term disability. This is what we do each and every day. This is the reason why we have so many positive reviews, Google reviews, on our website because people understand that when they come to us, they get results. That's not the same for every other lawyer, every other firm, 
For us, quality is absolutely crucial and important, and we've developed a reputation with insurance companies so that they know that we will represent someone, they understand that we're serious, we have the means to, to you know proceed with these claims, and we will go as far as we need to to make sure that these insurance companies pay our clients exactly what they're owed. Another great show. If you uh, listen for the entire thing, we appreciate that. Now you want to reach out uh, for a friend or a family member, give them the alert as well. You can do so. Here's the toll-free number, one 821 5900 Email we use every show is help at disabilityrights.ca. Disabilityrights.ca, by the way, the website, the place you go to find links to our television show. And then finally, we use it every week. You can as well. Free questions and answers about LTD. Simply go to mydisabilityquestions.com. And we'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.